You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica. I'm Carissa. And we have someone very special with us today. (laughs) Very special. Actually doing our first uh, Skype-based interview. Usually we have people in here in the clinic with us. So um, we have the wonderful Jess Cheney with us today, who some of you would... Hi, everyone. (laughs) Some of you hopefully will just like... Jess as much as we are. Um, Jess is actually a nutritionist here at the JCN Clinic, but she's currently on mat leave. And um, that is the topic of discussion today, (laughs) isn't it? Well, part of it. Part of it. We're going to be talking to Jess about her uh, journey as such from being um, a new mum, but essentially prior to being a mum, the challenges there nutritionally and lifestyle, mm. becoming a mum and all of the nutritional and mm. lifestyle factors that are involved around that. So it's going to be really interesting because, you know, for Carissa and I, not being mums, mums, it's not really our arena and we know a lot as far as um you know, what we read and what we talk to other clients about, but there's nothing like actually living it as Jess is currently doing. <laughs> First-hand experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So welcome, lovely Jess. Thank you for having me. And little Reuben. Yeah, we've actually got Reuben yeah, here as well. Yeah. yeah, So just a heads up, if there's some crying in the background, that's who it is. It's not me. <laughs> she's, I'm not she's not a good mi- day today. <laughs> She's not missing the clinic that much that she's going to break down at the sound of our voices. <laughs> so I think what's really awesome about chatting to you today, Jess, um, besides getting to see your face via <laughs> Skype, um, is that, you know, you kind of come at this from being a nutritionist and having sort of an inside understanding of, you know, what what on paper is the best way to approach nutrition from a preconception and, a um, you know, a baby being there and breastfeeding point of view and all of those factors. But you've also, yeah, yeah again, you, you're living it and the actual experience of mm. being a mum layered onto that um, I think is really yeah. important to um, put together and present to people because, as you know, you've chatted to us about this so much that you've learnt already um but anyway, what we wanted to do first is talk about the preparation more so. So before little Ruben came along, um, what you did in regards to preparing yourself nutritionally um, beforehand. Yep. And then um, I know these are big open questions and just take them wherever they go. Um, but then obviously being pregnant and um, having morning sickness and, um you know, those sort of energy demands and so forth that can happen throughout the pregnancy, how you juggled all of that, being um, being someone who was still working right through up to the end yeah. too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a big question, but yes. just that sort of more, yeah, yeah. pre-Ruben and how you juggled all of that. 
tag? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, to start with preconception, um, I guess a lot of people who are following me and following the clinic and stuff probably know my story that, you know, I um, I had a, a lot of hormone imbalances and, um, you know, a period that was all over the place, um, very inconsistent. So I was doing a lot of work trying to balance those things. I was doing a lot of gut work um, with you guys and things like that. So um, a lot of sort of healing nutrition was going on. Um, I guess specifically it was just a lot of, um, you know, really nourishing foods, really gentle foods. I did some hormone testing as well, um, the Dutch test which you guys use in clinic, and from that I was able to tailor a really um, individual sort of food plan from that in terms of preconception. And then um, I guess once I fell pregnant, I found it really exciting because it really opened up a lot of um, opportunity for me in terms of food because it was like as soon as you fall pregnant, there should never be a sort of strict diet that you follow. It's very important that when you fall pregnant, you need to um, nourish yourself as much as possible and sort of include all food groups um, and just making sure it's all whole foods as much as possible. So um, I guess once I fell pregnant, I was um, excited to be able to eat you know, as you know, more carbs and sort of the um, <laughs> sort of the um the sort of the foods that I wasn't really having while I was trying to really balance things out with my body. So, but really, key foods while pregnant um was my protein intake, making sure getting enough of that clean sort of um really um full spectrum protein so coming from meats I was eating a little bit of beans and legumes things like that as well some quinoa and all that um carbs is actually really important um I felt like my body was really craving a lot of carbs so I listened to that um and just lots of vegetables as well it was a really nice whole food diet um and how I said I was really excited about falling pregnant and having that opportunity to eat sort of more um I also I would say indulged in foods when I felt like it because mm -hmm. I knew that my body was like, you know, building this other human. So I just really trusted in my body and tried to acknowledge what it was craving and sort of honour that. Um, and it just, I think it worked really well throughout the whole pregnancy. I had a really nice pregnancy, no complications. Ruben grew really well. And yeah, so um, what about does that mornings? answer the question? What about morning sickness? Did you? I, yeah. So, I, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm yeah, sure I, was, I remember you going through a stage of morning sickness. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, yeah. Remem like, remember, remember that time I come back on a Friday with that um, roast pork and potatoes. <laughs> And I was like, I just, I am just fanging for some like hot roast food, gravy, right, and, food. yeah. Just comes back with this styrofoam box of roast pork and potatoes with no freaking gravy, and she's like, "Don't judge me." And we're like, "We're not going to judge you." And I'm like, "Can I have some pork?" <laughs> and Jess is like, "You're stealing a pregnant woman's food. What is wrong with you?" <laughs> yeah. Um. So I did have yeah a bit of that morning sickness. Um. From about. 
oh, eight weeks pregnant to about 18 weeks pregnant. I never actually was sick, so I was lucky, but the whole time I just felt mm. like I was on the Gravitron ride, mm. um, just spinning, yeah. you know, hangover 24-7. So that's why that greasy pork roast went down a treat. <laughs> but um, How do yes, you navigate chips, that, chips. though, food-wise? Like I'm just thinking again about what you're just talking about and obviously trying to eat those healthy whole foods and ma- and keeping your macros balanced like how did you navigate the morning sickness because I think a lot of women I know just for me then in clinic and working with women through this period there's so much pressure and stress around that because they're like oh I've got to feed the baby all of the right yeah. things but you know you feel yeah. sick and all your craving is like sort of stodgy hangover food so you yeah. know how did you navigate that space particularly being a nutritionist So to be honest with you, that is like I sort of let go a lot of my values of nutrition in terms of um, eating whole foods most of the time. And I really, this opened up my mind so much and really I was able to empathise with women who are going through morning sickness. And, you know, I had it quite mild compared to what some people do. But really um, I couldn't stomach salad. The thought Mm. of green leaves with like fresh (laughs) capsicum and cucumber would make me sick um uh, the smell of meat cooking oh like I couldn't cook that time I had to get my partner to do the cooking um so it really did affect me in terms of my food choices next part would be like obviously I would love you to just I know it's a pretty big topic anyway but just to talk about um, obviously your whole birth experience because obviously you opted to do a home birth and I th- and you did all the research around it and set up, yeah. you know, the bathing suite and everything at home. Yeah. So do you want to just – are you comfortable talking about that whole experience? Yeah, and, definitely, definitely. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I can even talk to um, – I can mention like my nutrition during labour as well. So Yeah, um, great. Go, do it. Yeah. Go for it. So, um, well, so Reuben was due around that um, early September, late August sort of mark, and um, I started going into labour. It was the third um, of all, third uh, of September. Um, so yeah, we started to set up everything at home, and um, like Chris said, I'd done all my research with home birth, and um, it's just something that I always wanted, even before falling pregnant. Like whenever I read about it or heard about it, I just felt really connected to it. So it's something that I really wanted to do. Um, I had midwives here two midwives um and I went through like a proper clinic to do it that offered it um so it was all well and good we set it all up ready to go at home and then I was laboring for a long long time about 12 hours here at home and um unfortunately, Bruce, you're such yeah, a trooper man uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I was like I was like stoked I was so happy because I was going really well you know dilating properly everything like that and um you know, Reuben, unfortunately, he turned in my belly to be posterior, which means um, his position for birthing wasn't ideal. And my body was just so exhausted by this time that it just slowed down with its contractions and things like that. So um, the midwife, I remember vividly the midwife saying to me, we're going to have to transfer to hospital. And I was just like in tears. Mm. I was already in tears, but I was just even more in tears because I was like, this is what I really wanted. Now it's not going to happen. I have to go to hospital. And, you know, I was just, everything was going through my mind of what I didn't want. And I sort of just thought in that moment, oh, just let go. Like, it doesn't matter. The best thing is that he comes out safely. 
you know, and that's all that matters. So yeah. for me, that was a really um, a big lesson for me um, to not sort of plan <laughs> with birth because they're just going to come out how they want to. Um, yeah, and then so we went to the hospital and then I was labouring again for another 12 hours and I um, had to have some help through um, some medical intervention and yeah. I got an epidural and everything like that. And then he finally came on the 5th of September, um, all ha- healthy and happy and I had a lot of things that I did that weren't on my birth plan but it was the best um, experience ever in my whole life. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, it was a bit a bit crazy that time. Um, oh, so, how, so how many days in total? You were in labour for a few days, weren't you? Like, yeah, so Monday, it started Monday, I woke up at 1am and then he was born the Wednesday the 5th at just, uh, nearly 6pm. So, wow. yeah, it was hectic. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so epic. <laughs> but, but I got there, which is the main thing. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. So during, during labour, um, what I ate nutritionally. So I actually bought a really nice um, formulation of like a sports drink. So it had my electrolytes, magnesium, sodium, potassium, all of that, um, a bit of glucose in there, but it was a very clean formulation and I was sipping on that throughout it. Mm-hmm. I personally couldn't stomach anything really. Um, no, right. I just didn't feel like it. Um, but I know towards the end when my body was sort of um, giving up at home, they were offering me um, some fruit and some honey on a spoon as well just because my body needed the energy. So yeah. I found that quite easy to digest as well. But really I was just making sure my fluids were up and um, also the hydration side of it. Yeah, so right. maybe, you know, coconut water would suit as well, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just light foods like fruit and things like that, just to keep your energy up because it is it's like your body's going through a bit of a marathon. Yeah, oh, definitely. God, yeah. yeah, it is. It's kind of like one of those endurance marathons, isn't it, where, you yes. know, like food's kind of like, like, yeah, just picture yourself running like one of those, you know, 100K marathons or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, right. And you just got to keep your electrolytes and sugars up. Yeah, 100%. And that's what I'm getting to, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, so that's, yeah, that's epic. But I think, too, like the reason I, I, you know, it's such an, like I love your story too is that, you know, like it, it just it just goes to show that things, like you can have the best laid plans when it comes to pregnancy and everyone has this yep. picture in their mind of what their pregnancy is going to be like and their birth is yep. going to be like and motherhood, early, yep. you know, postpartum motherhood is going to be like and I think it's just such a big slap in the face for a lot of women yep. and I think, yeah. So do you want to kind of walk, walk us through like, you know, once the first couple of months once little Reuben arrived and just yep. like, Obviously, again, I think women get thrown back into survival mode yeah. here, but it also becomes a bit of a – it's such a life-changing experience because all of a sudden oh, you, okay. you lose your social networks, right? Like you're at home yeah. constantly, 24-7, on, in demand. Yeah. Um, what yeah. was all of that like? Oh, can, I will tell you. I'll describe it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I literally felt like I was um, on a ship. And then I was thrown out into rough seas and I was trying to keep my head treading water, trying to keep my head above water. And, you know, one moment I'd be on top of the water and then the next minute I'd be underneath trying to get out again. And I just felt like I was drowning, like 
you know, all this, like, I was just given this baby. I didn't know what the hell I was doing with it. He was crying all the time. I couldn't, you know, um, soothe him. And, you know, I'm someone who likes to understand why things happen and I, that couldn't happen with the baby. He couldn't tell me what was wrong. And then trying to start breastfeeding him, like, it was just, it was actually the opposite of what I thought, mm. you know, so glad that you're so honest about that Jess because I think it's a, a massive area as you said of almost um again yeah, pre- mis- pre- misconception yeah. and pressure and for like, women to just put a brave smile on their face yeah. when when their yeah. whole life really has just been turned upside down it, of course in a beautiful amazing way but also oh, yeah. in a way that you're not freaking ready for and no one can prepare you for and no yeah. amount of book reading or anything mm. is going to have all the answers for these gotcha. first three to six months hey like 100%. 100%. and i read every book like you guys know me <laughs> yeah. researching. i read it's such a it's interesting too because obviously social media plays a big role in presenting the perfect pregnancy and then the baby arriving and like the, the perfect spring back body and all those sorts of things but you see it's interesting you see like a backlash with like comments where people put up those sorts of imagery and there'll be obviously um mums that are on there and just kind of slagging (laughs) like having these kind of I've seen some really you know nasty comments um where you know on the other side you know people putting up their pictures and they're trying to share something but then there's this nastiness that can come through um in that space and I think it's because there's such a, a sort of diverse spectrum between what reality is and what's presented on on social media or just what women think that is how they should be presenting the birth and then post birth that's particularly that first six to 12 weeks and how it's meant to be and I know a lot of females who um, have a lot of anger to be honest about that time frame and particularly talking to other mums or what they might see out there like there's a lot of anger and a lot of I would almost say resentment, and I'm, per- I'm certainly not saying that's about your story. It's it's actually people yeah. that I know in my own life, um, yeah. and I do believe it's because they've gone in thinking like this is how it should be, yeah. Um, and then they see things reflected back to that them through media, and it's like you know this is how yeah. it should be, and they're like, but that's not how it is, and they're yeah. just so yeah. bloody angry. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a really cool saying, and I saw it ages ago, and it obviously applies to this, but it applies to so many things it's like the biggest mistake you can make with your happiness is um the assumption of how life is meant to be or something like that and and it's so true and it's just like it's the same can be said for relationships early motherhood like you know your dream job like everything like we have this idealistic picture that you know social media and magazines and all of that have just imprinted in our brains and things and then when shit doesn't go that way it's such a slap in the face and it's like but it's so important that people like actually talk about the reality of it so other people are a bit prepared for this right Right, like yes, 
Cool. And also, oh, sorry, I also think with on that chain line is that because there's that assumption that it's all, you know, rainbows and butterflies or whatever, um, that when it's not like that, you start to doubt yourself and like, how come I'm not coping but others are? Or, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm not good enough as a monk, how come other people are doing so well? And I think that comparison is really dangerous. And I think actually a lot of this postnatal depression or anxiety, you know, really stems from all of that. Mm. Yeah, yes. so true. So true, so, so true. And what about the nutrition sort of side of things too, Jess, or the food side, like particularly being prepared prior to Reuben arriving and, and, yeah. and prepping yourself ready and then, yeah. as you said, the reality of him being there and yeah. how you work through that from a food point of view because I, obviously that is another area of immense pressure. Like how did you find yeah. that? Yeah, so, well, I was lucky. I mean, I had about four weeks off before Reuben actually came, so I had some time, and I did do some cooking. Um, I did a lot of slow cooking and just sort of froze it um, and had it in the fridge. So I did have a freezer, sorry. So I did have a little bit of a um, a bank, I suppose, of food. But Mm -hmm. when he came... like I said, I just felt like I was in a bit of a turmoil, um, you know, as well as everything going on, all your hormones everywhere as well. Mm. And um, so it wasn't easy. So um, I've said this to Carissa before, you know, being a nutritionist who really values food and health and you know, loves actually cooking, like enjoys it, I actually found it a bit of a struggle to mm. nourish myself or keep my nutrition up because – I just I found it hard to time manage. I found my emotional state was very, um, I guess, up and down. So my energy levels were low, and I can just totally empathise with every new mum. And this is new mums again as well, not just first time mums, mm-hmm. but any new mum. How difficult it is to um, sort of feed yourself good or you know nutritious food during that time. It's certainly not easy. Mm. So, yeah, it's so important to hear as well. And even, like, I just think it's really powerful coming from you with yeah. your background and, and your yeah. knowledge around nutrition, um, yeah. you know, for even someone without that knowledge to yeah. hear you speak about yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, right, for someone who's read all the books, has the degree, yeah. has the training, yeah. has all the prep lists in her head, knows yeah. how to yeah. knows how to food prep like a freaking boss, and yeah. just still, like, when you're tired, sleep-deprived, hormones are a mess, mm. you yeah. know, your your attention has to be somewhere else 24-7, that, yeah, to yeah. hear, like, that it's a, it's a, the struggle is real. Mm. Like, and then you think yeah. about all these mums that don't have this, all this education, not saying they don't have education yeah. behind them, but nutritional yeah. education mm. and just stuff that's so second nature to you. Like, it's yeah. it really would be so good for them to hear that, yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's not bloody yeah. easy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh, that's right. But I guess in saying that, you know, because I value it so much, and I think this is an important factor for um, mums, is like valuing your health and um, feeding yourself good food is really important to, you know, spark that motivation to actually feed yourself correctly because I think that's what really um, got me motivated in the first place to go, right, I need to do something about this, you know, like... Mm. Um, and that's where um, I learned, you know, a lot of the little tips and tricks and things like that of how to feed myself um, nutritious food during this, you know, chaotic time, I suppose. And I, should I go through that? I would love you to oh, go, go through that. <laughs> Share your pearls. So once things started to settle down, I mean, um, I just 
started to get into a routine. I started to read Ruben and I knew that he was most settled in the morning. So what I would do is when he's most settled, I would think about, all right, what am I, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? And I would start cooking it then. And I would just um, put a tray baker of roast veggies on and I'd always do bulk. Every time I was, had the opportunity to be in the kitchen, I would just always make extra. Mm. So, you know, kind of that food prep thing that we we all know already, but on I guess on an extra scale because I would just, yeah, heaps of veggies I would roast up. I would do big pots of quinoa, brown rice, and I'd stick them in the fridge so I could just grab a scoop out and put some tuna with it, you know. And I yeah. thought, you know, if that's all I can manage is my lunch, you know, some brown rice and tuna, at least I've covered my... Oh, oh man. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just passionate about the tuna. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, you're back. Oops, it's going to be ringing on the thing. Hello. Yeah, sorry, it just dropped out for some reason. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, anyway, that's all right. So you were just saying, like, as long as you, like, even if you just had, like, brown rice and tuna, like, your macros are covered. Yeah. That's right, and I was satisfied with that. You know, okay, I didn't get my veggies in, but I didn't have time to cook veggies. Yeah. Or, you know, what I would even resort to is, and not that it's a resort in any manner, but you know, I would get the, I'd make use of the um, packaged foods that we're so lucky to have, and you know, mm-hmm. you ste- those steam bag veggies. Yeah. And that cup of steamed brown rice you can get in the cups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would. I would just get, I'd get steamed those veggies, I'd get that cut rice, and I'd buy a whole roast chicken from Coles or Woolies already cooked. I'd dice, um, you know, section it up, and I'd just put the rice, the veggies, and that chicken together, and I'd go, sweet, I've got my simple, you know, meal that's yeah. covered all. Yeah. Yeah. And, so you know, it, it, it was quick, it was really simple, um, and again, it wasn't perfect in that I was getting, you know, fresh organic vegetables from the farmer's market, but, like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like that's it, you're shit, you failed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, but it's not about that, it's not yeah. about being perfect, it's about doing the best that you can, so and true. the best that I could, yeah. yeah. And I know one of the other things, before we go into some of the other tips too, like one of the things you said to me when we caught up like at Christmas time last year was that that whole, you know, like older school philosophy, like it takes a a village to raise a child. Oh, 100%. Like, because obviously Dan would have had to go back to work because obviously he's, you know, like you're not working now. So he's, you know, so he's like supporting you guys. And Dan owns his own business. So he's he's on demand as well. So like obviously like you you had your mom and friends. Like so how much of a part did they play as well? Yeah, so much. So um, I really encourage new mums and mums, parents to reach out for help because, um, you know, they offer so much. Like you say, it does take a village to raise a child. Um, I had friends make some meals, come over, and I was able to freeze it. So mm. that was really good. You know, took the load off my mum, come over, and she would do my washing or, you know, um, some laundry stuff, clean the floor, stuff like that. That was helpful too. I know it's not food, but, you know, just anything. That thing, yeah. yeah, that thing done was amazing. Um, or, you know, whenever visitors came over, I just always had them doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not that I was, like, being a dictator, like, do this, do that. But, you know, a lot of my friends are already mums, so they know, and they yeah. just come and see the dishes in the, in the um, sink, you know, and then go, oh, look, I'll do them for you. Mm, so, so nice. 
Exactly. They really do. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And what are some of like your other little things? Like it doesn't even have to be food related, but some other things that you found in the early stages, like yeah. tips, tricks, even now, like we almost like it's so weird to think Ruben's almost one. Oh my god. Like <laughs> time is flying, but just other things you found that, you know, like any any pearls you have for new mums or second time mums that have got, you know, young ones running around their feet and a new bub, like anything you found invaluable that you can just be like, Look, this has freaking worked for me. Yeah. I de- personally I definitely think um getting outside was very helpful for me mm. and socialising. Um, yeah. I think very isolating to be a new mum or, you know, having to be stuck at home all day. Mm -hmm. Um, So getting out really sort of helped with my mental state and also just making me feel like I'm not alone in this. You know, that that feeling comes up a lot. Um, So getting outside, I used to walk Ruben up and down the street just in his pram, just feeling the sun on my skin really helped. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and... What else? Trying, oh, trying not to put so much pressure on myself. Like you know how we were saying, had dishes in my sink and sort of just not get letting that get to me. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, the washing's building up and just going, oh look, you know, I'm just trying to do my best here. And if that is just getting up out of bed and keeping another human alive, then that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> it's so true though, because I think. Like there's so many of us, like that we're all, you know, like so many of us are type A personalities, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know my kitchen is always clean, my bathroom's always clean, my washing's always done and folded, my floors are always mopped, like, and I love that and I just think there's so many women that are out there that like that and then the minute you have a child, like I've spoken to so many of my friends about this, one of the biggest, hardest things for them is actually letting go of that mm. obsessive compulsive tendency we have yeah. to have things perfect, like like you know like my yeah like so I think too like that's a pretty big that's a pretty big thing in itself like for sure because I know the amount of times like you know in my previous relationship where I'd come home and if the dishes hadn't been done or the kitchen was a mess I would just I wouldn't like lose my shit lose my shit but just the anger I would feel (laughs) I would just be like you know for f's sake like you know and but, you know, once you have kids, like, you've just got to let go of all that stuff. Yeah, hey, all of these little o- OCD things and yeah. tendencies yeah. that we have, like, it's just like, you know what, don't sweat the small stuff. Oh, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And what about now, Jess? Like, obviously, um, you know, which we're seeing in your socials, Ruben's at an age where you're starting to be able to introduce him to food, which is really mm. exciting. Like, how are you finding that process? But I guess particularly, again, as a nutritionist and as a foodie, it must be, I imagine it'd be quite exciting. I Yeah, I really love it. Um, and I, it's, I guess um, since he's turned about that five to six months, I've really started to actually enjoy, not that I didn't enjoy being a mum, but, <laughs> you, know, you know, because now yeah. I can share a common interest with him. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, and I just, um, yeah, I find it really awesome and I'm very excited to share my knowledge with people. That's mm-hmm. why I've been doing the videos and just sort of the awareness around that. Um, so, yeah, I'm really enjoying that process. I think this would be a really good time to plug your um, your mm-hmm. little book that you've created. Yeah, yeah. Tell everyone about that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so we just um, had a big conversation about the difficulties of being a new mum and being time poor, feeling exhausted, all this, um, you know, in that new postpartum period that I really noticed a gap and I thought, well, maybe I could try to fill this. So I've written an ebook called Nutrition for New Mums and Mums Again and it's pretty much um, a guide and recipes for, like, just hassle-free um, postpartum period and just trying to nourish yourself as much as you can during that time and it's literally everything that I ate everything mm. I made and all the tips and tricks that I did um yeah I just I put it all onto paper pretty much so good put it in an right. yeah. it's good because again like you were talking about before there there is a gap in the market and so much of that market space is more about the baby like there's a lot of information oh, yeah. about the baby and that period and introducing foods mm. and there's you know there's a real not a massive saturation but there's a literature out there you can get but there's not a lot on looking after yourself and what to, yeah. um, to do for yourself as a mum like it's kind of yeah. it's put on the bench which is obviously what happens for a lot of women in that space is their own health goes on the bench and it's all about the baby so I love that you've really focused on that because of course the better you feel the the better you are as a person and the better you function and the, the more um, value you can give to everyone around you including um, little bub that's right and um, I think you asked before some pearls of wisdom another one I would say now is um, to prioritize yourself as a mum like yeah. you know make self-care a priority because if you feel like crap you're going to treat people like crap like I know I, I can be not a nice person to be around when I don't feel good and so if you feel good about yourself you're going to be the best mum that you want to be mm -hmm. um, so yeah I think that is important to prioritize yourself and that, this book is I guess a start in the food area of that. What about if there's any like new dads listening? So obviously hearing like the first-hand account of what women actually go through postpartum, yeah. having a baby and knowing that, you know, their partner has to go back out to work and all of this yeah. kind of stuff. Like if you could give any sort of tips to new dads out there on how to best yeah. support, like I guess yeah. their wives or partners mm. emotionally, like obviously yeah. like this would have thrown you and Dan for a total six. Yeah. So any yeah. sort of things you guys have learned as a couple out of this? Yeah, I think to be compassionate towards each other. Um, <laughs> I think as well um, in terms of a support partner, what they can do. I think, I think just do whatever you can to be there for ask them what they need mm. ask the person what they need so they're not just you know oh what should I do what should I mm. do just ask them and then mums or you know partners just be open to telling them you know yeah. don't be afraid to say I need you to take my baby for a one hour walk so I can sit here with a hot cup of tea or you know um you know or you know can you do the washing up can you make dinner you know just be really specific so yeah. I just yeah. encourage partners to really well yeah um if there's no communication that's when things can break down yeah cool yeah that's a really really good question yeah actually. i just thought of that then i was just like it's so yeah. but it's just must be so confusing for you know the dads yeah. or dads or partners you know like yeah. Yeah. yeah and also i think for dads or you know dads and partners is be patient with um the baby because often like what i found with ruben is that like dan would try to take him but he'd just keep crying he's like oh he's hungry or he only settles for you and i just feel like don't give up like yeah. you know yeah he can settle 
settle, it just takes a bit of time to get used to a different person settling in sort of thing. So, you know, be patient. Yeah, cool. So true. And also, I must say I've seen on the flip side in that scenario where, um, like, mums can be, I guess, a little bit more controlling of going, oh, well, I know what to do. Like, I know how to settle the baby. I know how to do this. So I'll just do it. Like, you know, he... My partner can't do it as effectively, so I'll just take it over. Mm. But then you create this space where the husband feels like, um, being very stereotypical in relationships here with husbands and wives, but like essentially that, you know, that that partner feels like that they can't do the right thing. So in turn, they end up helping less. And that's a very, it's not always common way it plays out, but I know I've certainly seen that firsthand. And I think that can be um, a more sort of detrimental space to get into because you end up putting more back onto your own shoulders. And it's a very, again, stereotypical sort of sometimes female trait to do. It's Mm. like, well, I know how to do the dishes right, so I'll I'll just do do them. I know how to cook this meal, so I'll just cook it. Yeah, Yeah. instead of, as you say, just asking and saying, like, I need help with this. You need to do that. Like, put put that information out there. Like, our partners aren't mind readers. No, I think that's so – that can just be said about relationships in general, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Ask the experts. <laughs> so, if people wanted to access your ebook, um, where can they go to get that? Like, if is it like, did you want to just tell everyone how they can access that if they want? Because I feel like there'd be some bloody awesome pearls in there. Yeah, so um, just on my website, www.justyourchainynutrition.com.au and you can purchase it directly through the website. The link is also on my socials, so if you follow me, Just Cheney Nutrition, um, you can follow the link there as well, take you directly to it. Yeah. We'll pop that in the show notes as well for people. And your videos that you're making um, there on your socials too, mainly Instagram. Are you doing them on Facebook as well? Well, they just transfer automatically over Facebook social medias look like that so yeah 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 so for anyone who hasn't been following jess jess is actually doing she's she's more onto it than jess and i she's doing her own ig tv series on it's so casual hey mate like i said yesterday you're bloody doing it it's <laughs> awesome um but yeah. just obviously on in, like i think you're doing like a new um infant nutrition series yeah, yeah. like how yeah. How to introduce solids and but yeah. yeah. So for anyone yeah. who's not following that, that would it'd be yeah. so good for you to check out. Obviously, sure. coming straight from the straight from the source. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jess. It's been fantastic, no and I'm sure that there'll be a lot of people who get so much yeah, out of I this. Think so as well. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, and um, I guess. Just to finish off with, just sort of be kind to yourself, mums. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it is a hard time. You've given this thing that you have no idea what to do with. You're <laughs> for it. You've never done it before. So just be kind while you're learning. And I just keep showing up, trying the best that you can. And don't let great get in the way of being good enough, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I like that. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. All right. Thanks, Thanks, lovely. So much, Thank you. Bye. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Um, So (laughs) wonderful to have Jess with us today. If you have any questions at all about today's show, you can let us know. You can direct message us through our socials or email us here at the clinic. Yep. Um, The details for that will be in the show notes. Yep. Uh, other than that, that's it for us today. Is there anything else you wanted no, to say? No, we've covered it all. Covered all. Excellent. Excellent. All right, we'll have a great weekend ahead and we'll chat to you soon. Chat to you in a fortnight. Bye. Bye.